Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning in to another episode this week. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and this week I'm thrilled to be joined by somebody you are all familiar with if you live in the world of social media, the world of Twitter. Um, she's always breaking news on, on Twitter, whether it's news surrounding teams, basketball in general. Um, the one and only Rachel Galligan, who is an analyst for Just Women Sports, um, Windsider. She's a writer, reporter, break, breaks news all the time on social media. Um, so I'm very excited to, to have her on and very thankful that she was able to, to carve out some time in her very busy schedule um, to join me on the podcast this week. Um, it was a lot of fun talking to her about how she got introduced to what she does now. Um, you know, the world of, of breaking news, um, reporting, writing, um, and kind of everything in between. Then we dive into a little bit of basketball. We talked about the WNBA, um, you know, where where the teams are right now compared to what we thought coming into the season. Then we jump into um, some some Lynx talk. We talk a little bit about, um, you know, where the Lynx are at right now um, and, and kind of the future of, of the Minnesota Lynx, as well as kind of talking a little about, about, about some pieces. We talk a little bit about the rookies. We talk about Nafisa Collier. Um, we kind of talk about it all. So very excited to have uh, Rachel on this week. Um, it was a really great conversation. Had a lot of fun with her, and, and we'll definitely have to have her on sometime soon. Uh, before we jump into the podcast, I just want to uh, mention that there are a few things I, I want to bring to light. Um, one thing, or the first thing is, if you are able to, please join our, our Patreon page. Uh, the Hitting the Hardwood Patreon community is is a community where you get a lot of perks, including early access to podcasts, bonus content. Um, and, and much more. You get discount on merchandise, um, kind of everything in between. So it, you kind of get a u- unique experience that you wouldn't get anywhere else. Um, and, and I work really hard to, to hopefully uh, provide you uh, with that experience and, and hopefully you're able to support. If you could, visit patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood um, to sign up for our Patreon page. Um, and then I also want to bring to light um, something that myself and Jack Borman from Canis Hoopas started here um, in the month of June. Um, we started, um, you know, called it's called Links Live on Playback. Um, so it, Links Live is where you can come watch games, you can come watch broadcasts, you can come watch Jack and I talk about you know anything from what's happening into a game or happening during a game to what somebody's maybe wearing on the sideline. We've, we've done that already this year. Um, we do a lot of live games and rewatch games. So during live games, we'll do away games. We know a lot of you uh, Lynx fans and fans who are, are listening to this podcast, you like to be out and watching those home games and attending those home games as you should. Um, so we do a lot of away games and we'll rewatch some of the home games. So maybe the next night after a home game, We'll rewatch that uh, that game from the night prior or a couple nights prior, whatever that may be. Um, so join us on uh, Playback, and that is playback.tv forward slash links live. So you can find that, and you can join us, ask your questions, watch some games, um, whatever that may be. It's a lot of fun, and, and I'm, I'm happy to, to do it with Jack and a lot of the other fans. So please go check that out. Without further ado, let's jump into the podcast this week. Once again, with my guest, Rachel Galligan from Just Women Sports and Windsider. Let's jump right into it. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm happy to be here with you today, chatting hoops and, you know, just all things. We got some more games tonight. So, I mean, we're in the thick of it now. So we kind of, I mean, there's a lot we can talk about from the WNBA season-wise, but entering July, like, I feel like I've got a pretty good grip on some of these teams and just the season we're having. But yeah, I'm doing really well. It, it's kind of, well, first of all, thank you for joining. Um, it, it is, it's weird to think we're already over a month into the season. It feels like it just started, but that's how the WNBA season always goes. It seems like over, in a blink of an eye, we're at the all-star break and then we're already to the postseason. But does it kind of feel that way to you too? Totally, totally. And I feel like, you know, for, for me and the different things that I do, like I, I really try to focus in on, you know, um, May and June really, really hard. But then, you know, anybody involved in any type of grassroots basketball, July is usually a crazy month. And then August is anyone who's kind of known me for a while. I tend to go over to Europe. So I'm trying to like get a good grap, gri, gra, grasp on some of these teams early on uh, before really things get crazy for for all my travels and other work that I do. Um, but yeah, no, like, I can't believe we've already, you know, we're basically at all-star game point, which just seems wild to me. It, ju- it just flies by. It, it really does. Um, before we, before we jump into things, um, 
I, I kind of want to just open things up to you and, and let, let people know where they can find you, where they can find your work um, and, and just kind of all the, the great work that if they're not already following you, most people that are listening are already following you. But if they're not, if you if you could mind or wouldn't mind just kind of pointing that yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Winsider. All right. I mean, mm-hmm. so proud of the work that we've done and to be a part of this team. And um, I, I'm very loyal to uh, what the team has built and what Aria has done. And, and I'm very proud to be a part of Winsider. So I mean, most people are familiar with me being on, you know, the podcast that we run, the film rooms that we do. So be sure to check those out. I'm really proud of the film rooms in particular. We've, we've brought them back this year. Um, I, I tend to try and jump into some playbacks here and there. I know we've been doing a bunch of those. Uh, it's always fun to get together and watch, um, you know, with like-minded individuals and just kind of chat hoops. Um, you can find me on Twitter at RachGal, R-A-C-H-G-A-L-L. Um, I'm usually on there. If I'm not breaking some news, I'm just kind of giving my thoughts about certain games and analysis and just talking basketball. So th- those are the big, those are the big places. Yeah, I know. I, I speak for, for everybody. Uh, it's, it's great to, I mean, you're a great follow. you you provide great information. Um, what you do for, for the game of basketball is awesome. So th- thank you to, yeah. for, for all that you, you have yeah. done and you'll continue to do. So it's yeah. great stuff. Yeah. And also shout out to Just Women's Sports. I also freelance for them a little bit. Um, you know, really, really proud to be on the team with Lindsay D'Arcangelo and Eden and um, Hannah. Just just great, great women over there. I'm really committed to growing the game. So I, I will do some some analysis and some feature writing for them as well. I had so, Lindsay I- on about a month ago. She she was awesome. And, and she yeah, she was a great conversation with She's her great. and, and all She's things great. basketball. She's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, before, or I guess the, the first thing I kind of wanted to dive into, um, we kind of already talked about it with, with you kind of telling, talking about where, where your work is. Um, and you, you talked about the breaking news aspect of things. Um, if we could kind of dial back a little bit and, and what kind of got you first introduced to, to the world of reporting and kind of reporting and writing. Um, and I guess, what do you enjoy most about, about what you do? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I never in a million years envisioned myself being, you know, on, on this side, this side of it, whether it's reporting or analysis. I mean, um, I used to coach, I I played professionally overseas. Um, once my career was done, I, I coached college basketball for about eight years. Um, and through that, you know, great experiences made a lot of connections and, um, decided I wanted to kind of switch gears. Um, this was probably around 2015, um, I switched gears and got out of that, and and I, I work really heavily in the international game. I started my own business, basically helping international players get connected with college coaches, uh, so like a scouting service. I started that just entering year seven now. Um, I don't necessarily talk about it a ton, you know, on my Twitter. I try to keep things separate in terms of um, the the go global aspect of things, but that that's a huge part of what I wanted to start, and through that process. Um, I always had a passion for for broadcasting. Um, I loved calling games. I've called games since I got out of coaching. So I've been on the broadcast side of it. I like giving my analysis and being on camera and um, still do it very much. Um, you know, men's men's college basketball, women's college basketball through the winter season. But, you know, like when you make a life change like that, you're kind of sitting there like trying to figure out <laughs> what what is going on? I mean, I was like 25, 26 at the time and, um, you know, 27 trying to find my place and kind of in this entrepreneurial mindset of what are some other things I can get my hands into things that I love. And I've always loved the WNBA. Um, I know I've known a lot of coaches and friends who have played in the league. And, um, so right around that time when I was getting my business going, I had reached out to, an outlet at the time it was their name was hero sports. And I don't know if you remember, remember them or not, but they were really big into kind of like these fun, like edgy little graphics and kind of covering um, division two football and, you know, just kind of had their own vibe to them. So I was just kind of casting this wide net, reaching out to a few places and was like, Hey, like, do you need an analyst? I don't even know what you guys do, but I would love to talk about basketball. Um, Didn't hear back. Um, and it was just, you know, again, you're trying to find your place in the world. You're trying to find, you know, places you can align with. And um, right around that time uh, that Windsider came into the picture, shout out to Eli Horowitz um, and Arie, yeah. who somehow I think saw uh, Hero Sports end up bringing me on. And I started writing just 
little blips and I had no idea how to write at the time. They asked me to cover the final four, the women's or the women's NCAA tournament that year. Um, and I just kind of, they said, write like you are talking about it on a microphone, um, analyzing a game. And so I, I kind of tried my hand in it. I had no idea, you know, I mean, outside of my college education at Eastern Illinois, like writing about something in that, that tone was new for me. Um, so they kind of got me my first experiences in this with hero sports. And I kind of got more comfortable as time went on. I had some really good editors and guidance at the time, really just, um, encouraging me to trust my knowledge of the game, to trust what I was putting down on the paper and were able to kind of, um, you know, make me sound like a writer. Um, so hero sports, I, I was doing some stuff with them for a few years, started writing some kind of just fun pieces. I think I wrote about like WNBA mascots, the best, um, college basketball courts, um, outside of just analytical pieces. I think one that really took off early, early was the Derek Fisher article after he was hired. I was extremely, honestly, I look back on it and I'm like, wow, I was extremely critical of that. And that one kind of, I think turned some heads. So after I wrote the Derek Fisher hire article, um, it wasn't long after I had, um, Eli and Aria reached out about, you know, again, just looking to have somebody come on and join the team, a woman who had been in the space and, um, you know, wanted to join maybe the podcast. I thought that was a really cool idea. It kind of started out us just kind of talking and um, talking hoops. And then I was able to use kind of my connections at that time to, um, you know, bring in some guests, bring in some players, bring in some coaches. Um, so Hero Sports and Windsider uh, were my start. You know, I got to give credit to those guys for for kind of just taking an out-of-the-box approach for someone who didn't grow up with a journalism degree um, looking at someone with just a little bit of a different basketball mind as a former coach and a former player who could kind of give some new insight. So it's kind of how it all started. And, um, it's crazy to think here we are, I don't even know, what is it? Seven, seven years later, um, you know, what it's evolved into, but I'm having an absolute blast with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, a lot of people talk about you as an, I don't, I don't know if you like this or not, but a lot of people say you're the woes of the WNBA. You, you like breaking news. I, I mean, to me, that's a compliment towards you, but maybe you don't like that. I, whatever. The, um, I, I'll, I just call you, I'll call you the Rachel of the W. How about that? <laughs> um, and uh, what you, long, what I'm getting at is you break a lot of news. You're, you're one of the go-to people that, that does break the news. What, what is that like? What, you know, for you, what, what is it like for people are coming to you for the news that they're looking for? You know, it's one of the my favorite things to talk about. So I appreciate you asking me because it's such a unusual position to be in. Like I said before, I, I never thought I would be writing for outlets, have a podcast. Um, I mean, those things are easier to believe than that I would be out here breaking news. I kind of fell into this position once I had kind of established myself a little bit as, you know, just someone who was talking about the game and um, had a couple platforms and outlets that gave me a voice um, you know, I remember very, very, very vividly. And, and, and again, like I, I didn't plan on this. This wasn't something I sat down and was like, okay, let's look at the NBA and let's look at what Woj or Shams do. We don't have that. Let me be that person. Um, it wasn't like that much of a thought process. I just kind of found myself in this position. Now I'd mentioned before, you know, I, I am a very connected person in the game of women's basketball. So, um, whether it's players, coaches, um, you know, uh, league officials. I mean, I, I, I found myself knowing a ton of people, um, having a lot of friends in the league. Um, and so there was the, it was the Liz Cambage trade. And I, I really, I've learned so much from that period of time and how I went about things. Um, and, and obviously so many years later, have kind of formulated my own path and how I do things and how I operate with it. I have my own standard of checklist, you know, every time we go through it and, and it about kills me every single year. It's, it's not an easy thing to do, but um, when, when that news came out about Liz Cambage demanding the trade, I mean, it was, it came to me. Um, it was something I didn't actively go out and pursue. It came to me and it just kind of, I think that set it off up until that point. I mean, there really wasn't anybody out there just kind of putting this information in a way like a Woj or a Shams. Um, you know, there might have been bits of news here and there in the form of breaking, you know, from like an ESPN article or something like that. But 
um, I kind of fell into it just because of, um, you know, again, a source coming to me and asking me to put this out there. Um, learned a lot between that. And, and, and honestly, it was really great because um, I have a couple of really close people that I, that I work alongside very closely about at that time about, okay, we're in this position, we're getting this information. How do we do this in a way that does mirror like a shams or a woge? And so I kind of had to, you know, really study how that was taking place and make sure I was really cross-checking my sources and being accurate. I really pride myself on not messing up. I mean, that would be devastating to me. Um, you know, to, to report something wrong or falsely that I would be devastated. Not, but it happens. I mean, it does happen in this space sometimes, and especially now where it's gotten to, uh, after doing it for what's it been four or five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I tell myself every year I'm done doing it after this year <laughs> <laughs> and then I get to free agency period. And it's like this, it's like this now it's gotten to a point where there's an expectation mm-hmm. um, and there is an adrenaline rush with it. And I know it's serving a greater purpose outside of myself, you know, and I think now we're seeing more and more competition. I think at first people probably looked at me and were like, who is this non-verified? Well, at the time we don't, we don't worry about those things anymore, but at the time <laughs> non-verified just kind of, um, Twitter talking head, just putting information out there. I'm sure people thought that I was just this crazy person. Now here we are, it's gotten to a point where I know if I put something out there, it's gotta be legitimate. It's gotta be real. You know, people really trust that if I put it out there, it's right. And that, so the pressure has built up quite a bit. Um, the competition has increased. I think that there are a lot of great people out there who, you know, we could talk about Howard Magdal, we could talk about Christina Williams and we could talk, we, we could go down Alex at ESPN. I mean, there's, um, it's become a part of what we do now. Um, and I think that the league deserves that the women deserve that the hype, um, just the engagement on Twitter alone, you know, and the way that, you know, someone can report things like this that does mirror other professional leagues, right. It's part of it. It's part of the drama. It's part of the excitement. Um, so I, I sometimes have to like step back and like, keep it in a, keep it in a perspective, how much it has grown and how much that's become a part of like WNBA culture. The last few years is the breaking news space and how, how, how much fun the fans have with it. Um, I don't make anything from it. I mean, that's the crazy is you look at someone like, Whoa, who's making millions of dollars to do what he does. Um, you know, I do this because I can. And honestly, honestly, I'm I'm one of the most competitive people in the world. So I I, I and I will channel that in certain ways. Um, again, that's not about me. It's just channeling it in a way that's bigger than me. It's about this league. It's about my passion for this league. It's about what these players deserve. And if I get to be a person or a, or an outlet um, that can kind of help add to that, then that's awesome. I mean, it's just been an absolute blast to be a part of. Mm-hmm. It kind of, I, you know, I can, I can kind of, I understand what you're talking about where you're like, okay, th- you know, this year's the last year and then free agency comes around and it sucks you right back in. And it does. And it's it that does. way with, with a lot of fandom too. I mean, a lot of fans kind of are that way too, where they they won't, I don't want to say check out, but they'll kind of check out and then free agency comes around yeah. and it, it, you know, they're right back into it. But part of it too, is your, you know, you're, you're, you're giving back to the the game by, reporting on it and making you know giving it a a, you know you know shedding a light on on what's taking place or providing information and I think that not only is that helping you know maybe yourself or or maybe the outlets or whoever is working for yourself is working for you know helps you know build the trust between fans whatever that may be but it's also helping grow the game and that's what we've even seen you know seen the last however many years is more outlets are writing about the WNBA, more, sure. more areas are talking about the WNBA. And that is part of what you do. And that's credit to your work and, and yeah. a lot of other people's work too. Yeah. But, um, and, and I, and I would echo on that. I mean, like the, the, what's the right word, the made from scratch homegrown outlets that mm-hmm. we've all become so accustomed to the windsiders of the world, the next, you know, I mean, like, like I'm very passionate about, you know, us, the people who are doing the work every single day, who may not have a giant athletic or ESPN next to their name, you know, that's part of the growth too, is I think that's become a huge part of Winsider in the breaking news space, being able to have people know, Hey, Winsider is, 
they're doing a lot of great stuff, but this is a really big part of it too. And if I can help elevate our team and I can help elevate, you know, these outlets that are literally just created by people working for next to nothing because of their heart and soul, their passion for the game. I mean, again, it goes back to just, I'm so passionate about this game. I've built my entire life around it. Um, I work in so many different areas, but like you said, I I find myself in this position. I didn't exactly ask for it, but I happen to be in this position and I'm just going to ride this wave and have fun with it and, um, you know, uplift, you know, our outlet as much as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people, I think maybe fans, um, and I'm not throwing fans under the bus, but maybe that's what fans don't really realize um, is that a lot of, a lot of people are doing this for nothing. There a lot of, I would say majority of the people that are covering the league, it's not their full-time job. They, yeah. and they're rarely, are they even getting paid for it? Yeah. And um, if they are, it's like a tank of gas, you know right. I mean? Exactly. Next to nothing. So yeah, they, they basically get paid to, if you have to travel to a game, like I, I'm not trying to you know brag myself, but I'd travel 45 minutes to go, you know, cover the links. And you know, that's not cheap. You pay for parking when you get down there. Um, yeah. Now I, you know, I get some money for going down to the games or just in general, but that, like you said, that that's kind of enough to cover gas. And, you know, it, it, we all do it because we enjoy what we do and we love what we do. And and I know that sometimes that gets lost on people, but um, that's, like I said, that's not a criticism on anybody. I would, I would be the same way if I was a fan, you want the best coverage. Um, but it's just a matter of, Hopefully one day that that kind of all shifts and all changes a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I think it puts pressure on other outlets, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's making other people step their game up, you know, right. it's making other people invest the people who actually do have massive amounts of funding, you know, invest in that space a little bit more, you know, yeah. trying to, um, so competition is good. Being the first to something is good. It, 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 I'm a huge believer in it again, former competitor, competitor myself, you know, if we're all pushing the envelope when we're all making each other better, I mean, it's a win for, for not just us, but the entirety of the league as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What it kind of tied to that, you, you had mentioned, um, you talked about your favorite personalities or, or just not personalities, your connections that you've made um, through those connections. What maybe some of the you know favorite personalities that, that you've come across over the, the years that you've covered oh, the man. league, anybody that, that initially comes to mind? Oh man, there's so many. Are we talking I, there, about, are we, there talking are a about ton. League, are we talking about league personnel? It could be. Or, yeah, it could people as well. I mean, I guess anybody, I, I, I open up to anybody, anybody that that you've maybe been around or, or covered. I know for me, like a couple that come to mind instantly, I mean, Cheryl's an all timer, um, just, just her personality being yeah. around her, um, you know, it's just being, I, I did a little NBA stuff. Greg Popovich is, is unreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That helps me. Um, Cause I was like, I could go a million ways with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm really, I'm really fortunate to be able to have you know, some direct access to just some really smart basketball minds. And mm-hmm. and um, I'm constantly trying to learn myself and just be better at just understanding not just basketball, but the league as a whole. And I think the last couple of years, I've been fortunate enough to learn from like a lot of a lot of GMs that I can kind of go to and just really like, help me understand this new CBA better. Because mm-hmm without ever working in the league and, and, you know, we're sitting here talking about it and there's a lot of narratives that go on out there in the world, but behind the scenes and how things actually really work. Um, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I learn as quickly as others do about certain rules and, and CBA stuff, but I do, I've gotten to learn from some really great um, GMs in the league, like, like Kurt Miller, for example. I mean, I've known Kurt for a very long time. We used to coach against each other in college and watching his career, um, you know, really just everything translate from collegiately to, you know, the WNBA and all the success he's had. I think he's one of the most brilliant basketball minds probably that I've come across during my career. And that's through all of them. So I've, I've always really enjoyed listening to Kurt and um, helping him, helping me understand things I think has been really helpful. Now he he's super busy now with this rebuild in LA um, really, really like LT um, Trammell, you know, I think she is really interesting to me. I, I think that her, you look at her resume and the experience that she has. And again, like the way I look at it is because I am so heavily involved in grassroots basketball. I'm so heavily involved in the college basketball game. Obviously there's the WNBA part of what I do. So when someone like Latricia Trammell comes along and she's got this incredible resume of coaching at all these levels, winning national championships, then going on and, you know, being in an assistant in the WNBA now run, running the helm of the Dallas wings. 
I mean, I, I mean, I just think she's an incredible wealth of knowledge and someone to just pick her brain from just as bas- basketball as a whole. Um, those are two probably that I, I mean, there's so many I, I could talk about. Um, I mean, Jonathan Kolb, I think is a really in- incredible guy. The job he's done in New York, the moves that he's made. I mean, he's groundbreaking in my opinion and what he's done and the vision that he has um, and what he's been able to do, bringing this quote unquote super team together. Um, so yeah, those are, those are three just um, current names in the league that I think are, are really interesting when I do get to talk to them. Mm-hmm. It, it always amazes me when, when you talk to a coach or a player or, you know, maybe a, a you know team personnel, whatever it may be, how, like, I mean, understandably so how heavily, you know, involved there, or well, you know, basketball is their entire life. Like we like basketball, but that's their life. Like that <laughs> they live, breathe and sleep basketball. And it's, it's amazing to, you know, just kind of hear them talk about the game. And, and, you know, there's so much more than what a lot of people see on the surface to the game of basketball, whether it's in game, you know, just stuff that happens throughout the calendar year, or, you know, trying to rebuild or, you know, look, look forward to the future. Like there's just so much to it. And it's, it's so fun to hear the people who make those decisions talk about everything um, because it, it's just, it, it's like reading a book every time you you talk to somebody and you, yep. you're, it's, it's unreal, but that that's one of my favorite parts about. Yeah. Just, well, and it's like, it's like a, it's like a, this is the best, this is the best way I can try to explain, you know, like the disco balls mm-hmm. and it's like looking at things through a different mirror, a different lens, you know, I mean, I have my experiences as a player, as a coach, as a, you know, a trainer, as someone who runs events, as someone who runs this, now a media member, broadcaster, if I'm able to kind of, again, be that sponge and look at the game, look at the league from a GM's perspective or from a head coach's perspective and just educate myself on that. I mean, we never, we never should stop learning. And and again, like they have such a unique perspective and all those different um, spaces they might be in or, or p- specific roles that they might be in. So I really try um, very, very, very hard to just be a sponge when I get those opportunities to learn from their angle, because it's completely different than what say what you and I might see, you know, on TV or going into those press conferences every day, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of shifting to, to the basketball itself. Um, you know, we talked about the, the year being kind of about a month and a half in uh, a little over a month into the year. Um, what you know? What what are your thoughts on on the season so far, and kind of what we've seen so far, and kind of matching that, or you know, comparing that against the expectations at the beginning of the year? It's interesting. I mean, I Aria and I do this stupid thing called pick 'em, and I, every year <laughs> I literally like dominated him. And right now he's he's beating me, and of course I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But secretly I'm deep down annoyed. Um, and, and he I, doesn't I, he doesn't let the let you live that down, does he? Yeah, whatever. He, he needs a little confidence. I'm just gonna, but, it, but I was like thinking about it the other day and I was like, it's really interesting because I the, like after like one and two, it's just like, what is happening? You know, um, I've never covered a, a season in the WNBA to this length that I've just felt like it was really going to take me some time to understand the makeup of some of these teams um, we, we all talk about the race to the top and obviously I think Las Vegas looks phenomenal. We know, you know, that we could talk about them at length, but a team like Connecticut, I think was really intriguing to me. Um, you know, how was all the change going to, going to, you know, how was that going to play out with Steph White coming into the equation and Kurt Miller leaving and John Paul Jones leaving and, um, that I've been really impressed with them. I, I thought they would be competitive, um, I'm, I wasn't sure, you know, where they would fall kind of in that, that top, you know, three to four area. Um, I think it really sucks that Bree Jones is hurt. Shout out to Bree Jones. We're, we're hoping for a quick and safe recovery for you, but, um, you know, like a team like Washington, like <laughs> it's like, okay, run it back. Like what we've been doing the last few years, but like some nights they look really good. And then some nights in the fourth quarter, you're like, what is going on? So and then after them, New York, I mean, we can talk about New York and and that's going to take some time to hit their full stride. I fully intend that they'll be right up there come the end of the season. But really, I mean, for the rest of the league, it's really been wide open in terms of like, I think there were high expectations for Dallas and Atlanta, but at the same time, a lot of change happening there with Dallas and a new coaching staff. And how is that team going to come together? And um, I think from a 
to answer your question again, I'm really long winded. I apologize. Um, I've never covered a year where I felt so just like I needed to just be patient and watch and really observe and give this time to figure out where do these teams fall. And it feels like you might feel like you have a good grip on a team and then the next night they might shock you and do something completely different. And that's a reflection of a lot of the the youth on these teams, the rebuilds of these teams, the changes in the off season. I mean, half, half the league has new coaches. So it's a lot of rebuilding. I think it's a lot of trusting the process with a lot of these franchises and, um, you know, we're going to see some that hit peaks and valleys at different times, but, um, it's just, I'm just trying to be patient and, and really feel like, okay, I'm going to be thorough when I'm watching and I'm really analyzing. And, you know, these teams, I have to remind myself, these teams are still trying to figure out their own identities, let alone, you know, a media member or us try and figure out their identities. So I will say it's, it's a year of a lot of change. It's a year of a lot of new faces. I think it's really great that, um, we're seeing a lot of, younger players hit the floor, a lot of new, new, new players, you know, being on that court together. And, um, but I, I think one thing we need to start talking about more is the race to the lottery, because right now there's like eight different teams that could end up in that thing, you know, and, and that is, I'm not trying to say teams are intentionally tanking, but you and I both know these draft classes that are coming down the pike, the next two years are going to be generational and in, in the impact that they have in the WNBA. And so, while there's like a race to the top, you know, and a race to who's going to win it all. There's also this question mark of like, who's going to be in that bottom four, because in some way, like you kind of want to be. So um, it's, it's a really interesting year, very unique to anything I've seen, at least since I've become serious about covering it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing that I think, uh, you know, kind of separates maybe let's even say Las Vegas and New York is like you said that, First of all, Las Vegas is extremely talented. They're extremely deep. There's no denying that. But they do have that that continuity that they this is a group that was together with the exception of maybe, you know, like Candace Parker getting thrown into the starting lineup. But they they have majority of that team together yet where New York has completely flipped their right. roster over. And and that takes time. I mean, New York could definitely get there. They could be I mean, they're they're off to a great start, but they you know, they they could still be playing better by the end of the year and that still could take place. But it, it it's going to take time. It's not like a, you know, a fantasy basketball league where you draft your, your team and, and you're off to the races. It, it takes time yeah. to establish that chemistry and that relationship between the players. Yeah. And that's a great way. You put it so much more eloquently than, uh, than I did. It's continuity. <laughs> we, there's not a lot of continuity in these 12 teams right now. You know, right. Um, even like you said, Candace Parker is such a veteran player who can accept whatever role she's thrown at her. She's so intelligent and able to shift her role very differently from what she had in Chicago to, um, you know, what she's being asked to do in Las Vegas. Um, she, she's, she's a veteran, you know, pro, I mean, hall of famer. So, um, outside of everybody else, everything else is new. I mean, new coaches, new players, new GM. I mean, it's just like the continuity's not there. So you're kind of sitting there just not sure what you're going to see any given night. And I think that's why I'm struggling with pick them so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> well, okay. So you, you have to give you you have to it's like i don't know when in any good relationship you got to maybe like <laughs> give and take a little bit and that's what's going on right now i yeah. i hear that you're just yeah. you're letting them win a couple exactly <laughs> let let him feel good about himself yeah. for a second <laughs> got to build up that confidence right um you you talked about you know the the newness of things the the links are going through a new era right now or kind of a shift in 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 eras um they're also one of those those teams that are right in the bottom like we talked about what are your thoughts on on the links so far? They obviously started the year out pretty slow. They're they've kind of, you know, had a little bit of an uptick. They've, um, you know, they they're kind of battling back almost to that five hundred mark, but they are still, you know, kind of in the bottom half of the league. But what what are your thoughts on what we've seen from the links so far? Yeah, I mean, what are what are we at? We're at five and nine. Um, we're coming off a, a, a solid win. Was it last night? Um, Good Seattle over Seattle, which mm-hmm. you know, hey, you know what? I've got to say, some of these teams like you were like, man, is this going to be a train wreck? Like, is this going to be like fever of like two years ago that like, we, we don't even, you didn't even want to watch the game. I haven't felt that way with any of these teams, you know, even, even Phoenix, you know, who's really can't figure it out. That's a whole other conversation, but I've not felt like, okay, I really don't want to watch this team today. It's just that bad. You know, I I look at a team like Seattle or a team like Minnesota Lynx. Um, and I, I really love 
I love like the puzzle of like what these coaches are trying to do by, by bringing these players together and watching um, kind of how they're trying to make this work. And I mean, for, for Minnesota in particular, I, I, um, I've really enjoyed watching them this year. You know, I, I think that this is a team now, Nafisa Collier is, is it's obviously her era. Now she looks phenomenal. I mean, she's up there in like that second tier of MVP conversations for me, you know, I mean, all-star, I mean, just taking this thing to a next level. I think, I think we're going to see so many great things coming, you know, in the next couple of years from Collier and her development and her growth of the game. I mean, just look at how she's shooting the basketball from years past and the confidence. You can tell that that's something, you know, that she's really, really, really worked on in the off season. And I like Minnesota so much because I think that they really nailed it in draft night. I thought that they had a great draft. Um, I mean, you and I have talked a few times about Dorka and our fa- and how much of a fan um, we are, we are of Dorka Juhas. I mean, I'm not surprised about what she's doing. Um, I think it's a perfect scenario where, you know, Minnesota needed just steady, you know, Dorka's not going to go out there and set the world on fire and be on a highlight reel, but you know what she is, she's been a pro pretty much her whole life and she's going to fit into that system and be able to do all the things that Cheryl Reeve is asking her to do. So I think that, um, coming off a big double, double, I think it was last night against Seattle and really been impressed I thought that was a phenomenal pick um, by, by Minnesota in you I mean, she's just, I can't, I can't talk about her enough. I think she's got a long, long career. Diamond Miller. I mean, how do you miss eight games, you know, and then just come back and what did she drop? Like 15 or 16. I mean, she had 18 against, I mean, Seattle. just, yeah. I mean, looked like it hadn't skipped a beat. I mean, Diamond right. Miller's ceiling is through this roof. I mean, and I think what I love about Miller is the energy she brings to the court how competitive she is. The team talks about all the time about how much she really listens and and really wants to be a sponge and how she's learning. I think you're seeing, you know, just those those attributes um, as a person that are that are translating to the court. I mean, I think that she's going to have a great career. I think that that's been a huge addition. Um, I hate to see some of the injuries that Minnesota's facing. You know, I think that that hurts. But you know, it blows my mind. You know the amount of hardships that would deals and things that we see that happen, even just the first week weeks of the season, it's wild to me. Shout out to roster expansion. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that Minnesota is about where I anticipated they would be. I mean, I've just been impressed with how, how hard this team plays. I mean, I think when, if you've got everybody clicking on all cylinders, like they were the other night, knocking down shots, McBride's playing well, Collier's playing well, Diamond Miller, Miller's contributing, you know, and, um, you know, Shepard gets healthy and Powers gets back into the rotation a little bit. I, I think this team can can cause problems at some, you know, some points. But is this team going to be in contention? No. And that's okay. They know they're not. But I like I like what – and I, for the record, I've been really critical on Minnesota. I've been really, really critical. I think that um, they've been in a tough spot these last couple of free agencies and, and their cap space and some of the things they've been trying – um, to get done, just haven't been able to get done. So we're seeing kind of this changing of the guard, right? From the, the fouls era, the, the, the championship teams. Okay. That's done to now we're in this new era of links basketball and it's going to take some time, but I think they're exactly where they need to be. And honestly, I enjoy watching this team. They, they, they just find a way and shout out to Lindsay Allen. How about 24 assists on one turn over the last three games? That's incredible. Yeah, she, she's been playing great and she's quietly been doing it. it. Not a lot of people. I mean, she's not somebody that, you know, gains the attention of, you know, that we, a lot of people, you know, yeah. see Nafisa Collier, they see Diamond Miller, they, right. you know, and even Kayla McBride, you could throw her into that. But Lindsay Allen's kind of orchestrating it all, which is, is what you want with a point guard. But yeah. you were, you were talking a little bit about uh, a couple things I want to kind of go back to. Um, the hardship contracts and, and the roster expansions that that's something that Cheryl Reeve actually just just talked about um, the other night with with the media that she kind of you know kind of called out the league that it, it's and, and this is not a new topic but you know she said it's time we gotta we we're trying to do what we can do here but we we don't have the room we it's time to expand yeah. and whether that's rosters whether that's um, you know teams or both um, I think it's it's finally time to to do that and then you mentioned the drafts that's coming up, there are a couple drafts that are coming up. Okay. Where are all these players going to go? Like if we, the, the amount of talent that's coming into the league and already is in the league. And even the talent that's outside of the league right now could be in the league. So it, 
it's it's time to to expand. I know it's not as easy as just saying expansion and it happens, but um, it, it's definitely time with that. And I yep. that's that's something that Cheryl kind of brought to the light again, which it's yep. she's not the only one that's been talking about it. I, I know you know team expansion is coming. You know, I, I think that there is a sense of urgency in certain areas to get that done, but it has to be done right. You know, it's not as simple as just popping up and getting a few investors and saying, there's so many things that go behind it and it has to be done the right way. And so I'm a big advocate in trusting that the league is going to do it in that way. The, the the part that I'm probably more of a proponent for is that roster expansion or do you have like an injured reserve list where you've got a couple players who still get to be with the team they practice with the team you know they get some benefits there's some consistency that way you're not pulling out of some some player from Timbuktu to come in in the middle of July and try and learn your stuff in the matter of 12 hours I mean that first off that's not safe mm-hmm. second off it's it, it's watering down the product of the league at times now Perfect example of that was Odyssey Sims with the Dallas Wings. Shout out to Odyssey Sims. Did a phenomenal job of being prepared. She's a pro. Very, you know, obviously very experienced in the league. Took took a hold of her opportunity in Dallas. And as of today, has now been signed for the rest of the season. So that's awesome. But, you know, these injuries and, and the kind of the shuffling of players through hardship contracts, you know, is it's hard on them. It's hard from a consistency perspective and it does water down the product. So, you know, whether it's just a couple extra roster spots or you invest in some sort of, um, you know, IR list or, you know, something that keeps these players around the team and, and taken care of. And if in, in case something did happen and, and they need to be slid into that rotation, you know, I've, I've seen a few people bring up, um, you know, kind of ideas about that in the league. And to me, that seems way more attainable right off the bat for right now than team expansion into different cities. Like I, I, I just, I've got, there's got to be something in place from an IR perspective, you know, to, to strengthen the depth of these rosters and, and help with the consistency. Mm-hmm. The example of, of you brought up about, you know, just signing somebody and having them come join you right away from, from wherever they may be. That's Kayana Trailer, who just who yeah. just signed a hardship contract to, with the Lynx. She she said she was at home in Indiana, just working out with her parents. She was at home with, living with mom and dad. Her she agent called her, and she hopped on a plane the next day. So, yeah. it yeah, I agree. It, it's something like in a lot of you know a lot of teams. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of teams. I I can speak spe- specifically for Minnesota. They have a practice squad, so they practice against a a, a male practice squad why can't that be, you know, maybe like you said, like a, maybe a reserve team of your players practicing against, you know, your actual players on, on roster. I mean, that there, it, it does seem like there's a way I know, and I, I'm not just saying it's that easy, but it it's there, there seems to be, there should be a way that, that, that yeah. is doable. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, it'll be interesting to see if it, if, and when it happens and how it happens. That's, I think the more important. I think thing. it'll be sooner than later is my, is my personal take on it. But Hey, I mean, again, we were talking about hardship contracts before the season even started. Right. And I was like, Oh my God, are we going to do this again? I mean, my God, like it just blows my mind. So anyway, sorry. We, yeah. I could talk about that all day. <laughs> you, uh, you were talking about, about the rookies. We, you know, we kind of talked about um, you know, Dorky Uhas and, and her being the, uh, you know, one of the steals of the draft, if not the steal of the draft where she got drafted. Um, she's playing great for, for Minnesota. We obviously Diamond Miller's living up to the hype as a number two pick. Um, a little bit of a, a kind of a preview or, a, you know, a plug for myself. I'm going to be writing um, about those two for Winsider coming up here at some point. Um, so I'd be on the lookout for that. And um, we just had Dork on the pod a couple weeks yes, ago. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that was a that was a great podcast. Go check out the Windsider show and listen to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, those two have been been outstanding. And I, and I want to focus a little bit on Diamond that, you know, her and Nafisa Collier have a unique relationship. Obviously, Fee is kind of taking her under her wing to to bring her up because, you know, Fee even talked about it after the, the big win against Seattle that Diamond's in the same position she was in. They played this similar position. She is what Nafisa Collier was now six or five years ago, maybe even five seasons ago, whatever it was. Um, so Fee is like, you know, everything that she's going through, her mindset, what happens after a certain play. She's like, I've been there. I know what I'm thinking. You know, it's coming at you 100 miles an hour. Now that it's slowing down for me, I'm trying to help her. And I think that's a unique relationship. And it's it's kind of almost like what Minnesota's had in the past with the Sylvia Fowles kind of 
you know, leadership and kind of oversight of, of a lot of the the players or even, you know, during those dynasty runs, they've had, they, they had that to some extent, but to me that that's kind of unique, but I guess, what are your thoughts on, you know, that relationship and, and how maybe that could, could maybe help with the development of, of Diamond Miller and then in return help Nafisa Collier. Man, I mean, for, I mean, first off, I think that speaks to Collier and just, she gets it. She gets it. You know, it's, it's about, it's about the league as a whole. It's about the product as a whole. She sees something special in Diamond Miller. You know, she sees herself maybe a little bit in Diamond Miller. Um, as we continue to have this next generation of talent that's coming through the league, you know, it's it's bigger than, you know, just a couple of players. It's it's there's a big picture. Uh, we want we want this to be as big and as as great of a product as it possibly can be. So I think it speaks to Collier's, you know, just leadership um, that she's that type of person who, you know, is going to give not give back in that way, but, you know, mentor in that way, bring someone under her wing. I mean, we, I can't imagine being a young rookie and not having that. I mean, how, how amazing is it to learn from someone like a, a, an all-star, um, a veteran like Nafisa Collier, who, you know, again, is in a unique position because now it's becoming her team and, and everything's on her back. And I would say for Collier, from her standpoint, I mean, she's looking at the future. She's looking at, okay, what how do we build this Minnesota Lynx thing out to where back up into contention? And yes, I'm a focal point of that, but I'm looking at these, these really talented rookies that we've got coming in that are the future of this league. And I need to be that, that voice, you know, that, that support system, that, that mentorship to help Diamond Miller reach her potential. So then it helps us. Right. I mean, we, you know, and, and I would imagine that, you know, that's what happens with great teams and, teams that win championships is it doesn't happen overnight and you have to go through some kind of rough years, some ugly losses and things like that. But those building blocks are set long before. And that's just a building block, you know, that Collier's laying in place foundationally for this franchise um, for the future and for, for the future success, you've got to be able to have that leadership. Um, so I think that that speaks, you know, to, again, not just to her character, um, but also that Diamond Miller is a player that wants to learn. You know, you, you have some players that sometimes might think they know it all or they're they're not receptive to someone who has been experienced in the league, someone who has done it. I think it speaks to Miller, Miller that she has been a sponge this entire process. She wants to be the best pro she can possibly be. Um, so I love to hear that. I think that's awesome. I love that you get to be there <laughs> boots on the ground, seeing it pretty much every day. I think that's really unique. That's really special. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at this roster and what it can be, I mean, they're going to have a ton of movement that they can make this next free agency. I mean, all eyes are on Minnesota. They had a great draft. That's awesome. But cap space is going to open up. There's going to be you know, wh where they land in the draft. Who knows? Um, so if I'm Collier, I'm sitting here looking at, okay, we're in a really unique position. And if we do this right, you know, we, we could be right back up there here in a couple of mm -hmm. years with some really talented rookies that I can take under my wing. Right. They're, they're kind of in a, in a position too, where they can kind of make that incremental improvement. So they, they obviously have fee at the top right now, you know, you're kind of getting diamond Miller into the league. Well, next year at this time, you're going to be having another talented rookie coming into the league. So you can kind of take those gradual steps rather than, you know, just loading up with rookies right away or loading up with vets. And then in, you know, a couple of years you're going through the same thing again. So it, it is, like you said, it's a unique, unique situation that they're in. And I think it's, it's a good, you know, recipe for sustained success. And that, that's absolutely. ultimately what everybody wants. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I see as well. Well, Rachel, that's all I have for you. I, I appreciate. It. Yes. It, see, <laughs> I, I told you I wasn't going to be too hard on you. So I, I was, I kept it light. I kept it, you know, relatively simple, I hope. And you were great. So I, I appreciate, uh, appreciate all your insight, all of your conversation. Um, and it was, uh, it was a great conversation that we had. And hopefully we'll get, get to do it again sometime soon. Yeah, I would have me on at any point. I love it. I love talking hoops. Obviously, I love talking all basketball. So I appreciate you having me on. And more than anything, appreciate the work that you do. I think that you're just phenomenal. Thank you. I appreciate it. Same back to you. I, I appreciate everything that you do for, for the game and women's basketball. So thank you. Thank you once again to Rachel for joining the podcast this week. A lot of fun to talk just basketball about her, about anything. Um, so it, it's a lot of fun to to chat with her and sit down with her. I probably could have talked to her for another hour, but um, we wanted to keep this podcast a little bit shorter and not, not drag it out too long. So I appreciate Rachel. We'll have to have her again on, on, on again sometime soon. Um, we'll talk more basketball, maybe catch up with her about the links, the WNBA, maybe how things are going uh, in the reporting world. Who knows? So we'll, we'll have to talk again soon. I also want to give a shout out to Jeremy Rushing for producing this podcast every week. He does a great job on the back end of, of producing these. 
and making sure I sound not as crazy as I do on a daily basis. So thank you, Jeremy, for, for all your work. Um, and I also want to talk about a couple partnerships that we have. Uh, during this, or before the um, you know, interview with Rachel or, or a meeting with Rachel, I talked about uh, playback. Please go check out playback and join Links Live. I also want to bring light um, Homage and, and Better Edge. Those are two partners that we currently have here at Hitting the Hardwood. Um, with at um, Homage, um, you can get a lot of vintage gear, a lot of vintage clothing, a lot of vintage um, you know, merchandise, whatever that may be. You can get a lot of WNBA gear. You can get a lot of team-specific gear. I have two, two Lynx shirts, uh, or a Lynx shirt and a Lynx sweatshirt, as well as a WNBA shirt. Love them. You should go check those out. And there's a lot of just vintage gear, whatever sport may be. So go check out Homage. It's H-O-M-A-G-E dot com. And you can find all of that stuff there and purchase yourself some clothes. It's a lot of, like I said, a lot of really great stuff and it's really comfortable gear. The second thing is, is Better Edge. Um, if you go visit betteredge.com forward slash links, that's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com forward slash links, sign up using the promo code links. You'll get a free $20 in free play. play. I love playing on Better Edge. Throughout the year, I, I play even throughout you know outside of the WNBA season. I'll, I'll go on to Better Edge and try and win win some money, win some bets, play against people, play against friends, play against other communities, competitions, whatever that may be. Even if I want to play by myself, I can do that too. Um, so go check out Better Edge, B-E-T-T-O-R Edge.com, and go sign up there and and start start putting on some bets. You can come compete against me and take my money. I oftentimes lose, so so go do that and um, check all of that out. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I've, I've really enjoyed it, like I said. Outside of that, um, go check out Patreon.com, like I mentioned before. Patreon.com forward slash Hitting the Hardwood. Come join our Patreon community. Um, I, I, you can start a seven-day free trial. Test it out. See if you like it. If you like it, maybe sign up for, for one of our memberships. Um, I promise you that, that you'll get a lot of information that you won't get elsewhere from myself. Um, and, and a lot of the content I churn out, you get early access to podcasts such as this one. Um, so go check that out. It's Patreon.com forward slash Hitting the Hardwood. With that said, I want to thank you for, for tuning into another episode this week. I'm looking forward to, to some of the podcasts we have coming up here in the future, and I will see you all next week. Thank you for listening. Bye.